All right, we're back with another edition of the Spectrum Dad podcast. I am your host, Fred Marvel. Today, I am happy to be joined by Kara Renninger. Kara is from alignedforlearning.com. What's going on, Kara? How you doing? Hey, Fred. Great to be here today. Thanks for coming on. Um, we were uh, chatting just a little bit about the timeliness of our interview today because uh, we've been having uh, some issues and some struggles with our oldest son, Alex, and his uh, school IEP. So uh, Kara is a an amazing advocate for our special needs kiddos. Um, she uh, helps parents kind of navigate the whole IEP world and getting accommodations for our kids and making sure that those accommodations are being followed once they're put in place. Definitely. I'm all about empowering parents and helping you learn how to advocate without having to fight with your school. Right. So let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning though. Um, How, how did you get started uh, down this career path? Like what, what made you uh, become such a fierce advocate for our for our kids? Yeah, I myself, I'm a mom of four. And, um, you know, I say my kids have had a variety of different learning challenges and different needs in life. And going through my own experiences um, really helped me learn that, you know, as a parent, you're the one who has to be the number one advocate for your child, whether it's medical issues, educational issues, you know, social issues, any of the above, the parent is the number one person who's always going to be there for the child and advocating. So um, over the years, I've worked in a variety of different settings, um, connecting kids with special education services. So I've had the opportunity to see on the school side as well as the parent side. And I feel like that's what really gives me a unique perspective. And, you know, I'm like I said, I'm all about empowering parents and helping get what your kids need without having to fight so much stress for parents so much pressure. And so my goal is to help parents learn the tools that they need to be able to advocate and help kids. Right. And that that's perfect. I think that's how a lot of people get started. They, you know, kind of go through their own, um, you know, their own journey with their kids and kind of see like what works and what doesn't work. And, uh, you know, you go from there with, uh, you know, building up your own voice, however it is just to, you know, just to be able to help, uh, help as many people as you can to try and avoid, you know, try and avoid some of the mistakes we've made or try and follow in our footsteps, you know, when, when we figure it out and, you know, we make progress. Yeah. Parents really have to stick together, right. And whatever one of us has learned, we have to share with the others. Um, so that we can make it an easier process for everybody, less stress. Right. Now, let's um, start with uh, everybody, I'm sure by now is familiar with IEPs and the whole process. But let's go. And I know this is kind of difficult without because every, you know, every kid is different. But as a parent, just trying to figure out some of the accommodations that would help our kids best. Uh, Because in in my experience with Alex, there's been plenty of times where the schools have suggested things. But me as a dad and my wife, you know, know Alex best. So there's also been plenty of times where, you know, we think he needs this in place. And, you know, we're the ones going to the school saying, hey, can, you know, 
is it possible to do this? So how is how do uh, how do parents kind of gauge like figure out basically like the you know what their kids need? Yeah, this is actually a great topic. I actually just created a free guide for parents, which is on my website. Um, to kind of get them started because you're right. It is really different for every student, um, for every parent, and even for every family. Some things, some families value more than others, um, you know, in, in those sort of areas. Sometimes personal care skills are some things that are important for families to work on where other times it's not. So it, I really focus on having positive approach for kids. And I think that's where I recommend most parents start what's working, what's working at home, what do you see working at school, and making sure that, you know, we're trying to identify areas of need for kids. Um, you know, a lot of times an IEP might be put together based on a template, based on another student, um, and starting in that way. And I see a lot of accommodations, the SDI section, especially designed <laughs> instruction. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, sometimes the more needs a child has, or maybe the more of an advocate the parent is magically more SDIs get into the IEP. And it's really important to make sure that those are meaningful SDIs, that the accommodations that are put in place are valuable for that particular child. And so, you know, I think looking at what the deficits are for kids and understanding what the needs are is the best place to start. And how can we, you know, have some positivity in their day and working to make sure that we're achieving outcomes for kids. So really understanding how to review a child's evaluation and understanding their strengths and their needs um, in the way that the school is viewing it. So as parents, we might see what needs our kids have um, and we might understand that this could help them make more progress in one particular area of need. But it's very important that any needs that a child has are documented in the evaluation at the school level because that's where the services and accommodations are gonna come from. So I think starting there to, to understand how to read an evaluation, how to identify what the needs are, um, just because your child has needs and they, they're listed in the evaluation, doesn't mean that they're addressed in the IEP. Um, so that's one of the areas where I like to first start, Fred, is training parents on how to go through the IEP, identify um, what's in place now, go back to the evaluation and look at what the needs were that were identified there. Let's make sure we have all the right information first before we start deciding on what accommodations work for a particular student. Right. And, and, and that's a whole process in and of itself. I mean, Alex was uh, just diagnosed with autism over the summer. So that was, you know, with his own therapist that he's been dealing with outside of school. But then once school started, he had to. Uh, undergo an evaluation by the school district people yeah. to, like you said, uh, you know, see what uh, other, other uh, SDIs that could be put in place for, you know, for, for Alex to help him out. And then after that evaluation, you know, we had an updated IEP meeting with, with school to, um, you know, kind of wrap everything up. So it, it, it's, it's a whole process and, you know, you get these reports and, and, and it's like you need to learn a different language. So uh, becoming as familiar with all these different evaluations and IEP reports and everything is crucial. Yes, definitely. It's, it's really overwhelming. Like you said, it's a new world. It's a new language. Even, even if your child has been diagnosed for a while. Um, and like I said, whatever their learning need is, you know, it might mm -hmm. not be autism. It could be any difference, uh, ADHD, dyslexia, whatever it is. You know, you may have 
continue to get new information. And as a parent, you know, I think it's really important that we understand the information we're getting. Oftentimes it's you at the IEP meeting or you and a spouse or a partner and 10 school professionals, you know, and it's, it's overwhelming to hear the information, to understand it. And I'd like to give parents some strategies about IEP meetings also on how to get through them and make sure, you know, you're getting the right information out. Um, but back to accommodations, you know, it's it really starts with the evaluation. And sometimes you might not have all the information you need from a school evaluation and you might need to get outside evaluations through a variety of different methods to make sure that, you know, all the needs for a child in all areas of development are documented so that we can figure out what the kids really do need, not what's in the template, um, not right. what they've tried before with other kids. Um, I yeah, and you're exactly right. Um, when Alex was in third grade, he ran into a lot of issues uh, with, you know, sitting still and basically, honestly, making it through the school day. Um, so we took him outside of school for an uh, occupational therapy evaluation. Mm -hmm. And they gave us, you know, we did exactly what you were talking about. We talked to the OT about some of the issues he was having in school. Uh, you know, they did their evaluation and sent us, sent us out of there with a list of strategies and different accommodations that could be put in place to help him at that point, sit in his desk and be able to pay attention and, and take in whatever lessons were being taught. Um, so we took that list and those recommendations to his school and, you know, uh, credit, credit to his school. They, you know, they put them in place and there wasn't any pushback or anything, you know, there wasn't any issues with that. Yeah. Some, sometimes that does happen where parents have outside evaluations. You feel relieved, you know, you also might feel sad. You take it to your school and sometimes it doesn't go as planned and the schools are not agreeable. So that's fortunate that for Alex, you know, that the school was agreeable. Um, and, you know, those kind of things happen sometimes where that's where sometimes disagreements come in. But one important thing I was thinking of um, from what you said, mm -hmm. Fred, was that, you know, it's like you got those strategies and recommendations from the OT to try. And that's another area where sometimes, you know, we don't understand that often you'll have an IEP meeting and it's just every year, you know, and I don't, a lot of parents don't know you can have more than one IEP meeting a year. Uh, you know, you can have as many as you need. You take these strategies in, you implement them. The next step is to have data to measure their effectiveness. And that should be done and planned at the IEP level at regular intervals. So, for example, if you came in with new strategies from the OT about how to help Alex engage and to be able to be seated during the class day, you know, data should be collected every week or every day on how effective they are. And if those strategies aren't working, you know, it's a continual process, um, especially, you know, as kids are growing and developing, um, the goal of these accommodations and supports is that they will advance in their development. And with that, we need to continue to make sure that the accommodations we put in place are still meaningful for each child. Right. And that's the tough part. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on us as parents because, um, there's nobody that's checking up on the school to make sure that whatever recommendations everybody agrees on in the IP is being put in place. Um, so just us personally, like, I'm, you know, we're those annoying parents that are constantly 
you know, pleasantly, I, we're not being, you know, a-holes about it or anything, but mm-hmm. building up a rapport with, the, you know, all the teachers, um, you know, the different and all the different staff at the school, just so, you know, we can check up on, on Alex and see how things are going beyond, you know, the work and everything he brings home. And um, I think it's important to build some type of, of relationship with with the school so you can make sure that what is in the IEP is being followed through. Yeah, yeah, I, I have two points for that. And really, I totally agree with you. I really teach parents in my advocacy training programs um, that communication is your number one advocacy tool. And just like any relationship, um, you know, your relationship with your child's school needs to be nurtured also. And, you know, I think it's really important for parents to go into meetings um, with a good intention, with a good heart. Um, I know that most parents are, but, you know, sometimes we have to hear what the school says too. And sometimes they may have information and, you know, that's how you have a good relationship with somebody. It's two-sided. You have a conversation, you have discussion. And um, for some parents, I found that knowing that they could have more than one IEP meeting, um, that you don't have to solve it all in one meeting um, is a really powerful tool. You know, it's okay to nurture your relationship with the school team to get some information at meetings and need to have another meeting to follow it up. Um, because, you know, one of the things that I think is really important at the IEP level, Fred, is um, when you're agreeing on the accommodations and the goals for an IEP is to make sure that they're measurable. So as a team, you know, like you said, you are you have to rely on that good relationship you have with the school professionals to really kind of find out how your kid's doing. And that's common for most parents. So I like to help parents learn how to make sure that their IEP goals are measurable. When the goal is being set, it will say that data will be collected daily or weekly, um, monthly, whatever it is, what type of data will be collected. Um, you know, for example, if we'll use Alex as an example, if you're using a strategy to help Alex be able to sit more. OK, let's record how much time he's able to sit using that strategy during the day and interruptions right. he may have. And if it's not if it's not helping him advance, then we need to come back and look at it. And for parents, you know we're tired. You know, like you said, it's so much work. Um, we have to maintain relationships with the school professionals, which is, you know, extra relationships in your life. We have to make sure that our kids are doing well at home. And that often takes extra work. And we have to make sure that they're actually making progress at school and developing the skills that we want. So, you know, it's a lot of work for parents. And that, that's why I created the advocacy training program, because it's so much to learn for parents. You know, I think I've tried to put together my best strategies to help parents be the most successful and not have to struggle to make sure their kids can make progress and learn. Well, let's talk about that. Um, what is your website and what are uh, some of these services you provide to parents? Well, great. Thanks for asking. I actually just launched my website. It's alignedforlearning.com. Aligned is, and then number four, learning.com. And you can follow me on Instagram also. I, I said, I just created a, a new guide that gives some of my top strategies on how to get what you want from your child's school without having to fight. And I think that is so important how to learn how to do this without fighting. Um, and, and it is possible. It can happen. And so I've created, um, I have a signature program coaching program. That's a six week program where I walk parents through some of the things that I've talked about on how to understand evaluations, how to create a plan for yourself and how to have good communication with your school, how to start advocating and how to not forget about yourself as a parent, because we know that's important too. Um, and uh, that's currently on a wait list, but I do have a membership 
program that's a monthly membership where we offer twice monthly parent trainings on the same topics. Um, and then we work together as a group on how to implement them. That might be the hardest part. We learn strategies, we learn techniques on how to advocate. And I'm sure you understand, then you go into the meeting and it doesn't go as planned. Now what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've definitely, especially especially uh, uh, this year with uh, virtual school. Um, we've, we've had, I think, I was trying to think when you were talking about how parents can request more than one IEP meeting a year. I think we've had three since school started once in the beginning of school because we knew it was going to be virtual and i you know we wanted to uh go over that and make some accommodations there and then we had our second one after alex went through um his autism diagnosis from the school district and then we just had another one last week um because he was evaluated by the school's occupational therapist. So uh, the occupational therapist put in uh, some more recommendations in addition to what was already there. So, you know, I, I think uh, going back to what you said, it, you know, it doesn't have to be just once a year. If you see something is, is not working, you need to uh, speak up and, and, and say something. Definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, having the energy to be able to do that, that, that's why I have the membership for parents, because, you know, we need a place to have these conversations to be able to, you know, I think the most important part of the membership is to be able to have practice conversations, you know, to be able to say, okay, here's my plan, here's what I want to happen in the IEP meeting, or here's, you know, here's what I see. Let me practice it with somebody who's gonna know how to push back on me, like a school may. Um, and you know, we just we just want to avoid all that. We want to get to the point where parents are empowered. That I feel like um, just a little story to share with you. I remember one of the first IEP meetings that I went to myself. Um, a friend offered to come with me. It was a new friend who had a child in special education, and I felt kind of weird about that. But I thought, okay, she offered to come with me. She said, "I'll just take notes. I'll just be there." And um, it was the greatest thing that ever happened for me, just to have somebody there, even just to look at them and have that support during the meeting. And, you know, she would say she had an older child who had autism and, you know, she would say it just takes time until the school gets to know your child. And I I like to remember that, you know, the school um, teachers are amazing, wonderful people too. all the school professionals. And they absolutely, you know, got into their professions for a reason. They want all of our kids to succeed. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of red tape and a lot of barriers and um, we have to give them a chance to get to know our kids, too. So from that experience with that mom at a meeting with me. Um, it, it helped me realize that there's a kinder, gentler way to make sure that kids right. have what they want. And that's also the way of less stress for parents. So any, you know, any information I can share, anything that I can do to help parents, I do offer um, one-to-one consultation for parents too. I'm, I'm really more about parent training so that you can be empowered to advocate on your own. I think that's the most powerful tool, but I do offer, you know, for situations where you may be having a particular struggle I do offer one-to-one consultation when needed. And that, that is, uh, that's great because as parents, um, is especially like just in our situation with Alex, he's our oldest and uh, in our family and our circle of friends, uh, we were the only one dealing with um, a kid with special needs. So we didn't have anybody to, 
uh, we had to learn as we as we went along. Nobody told us about IEPs or what we could do or advocating or speaking up or anything like that or different accommodations we could we could ask for. It was a lot of trial by fire. Uh, so having somebody like you uh, guiding guiding parents through this whole this whole process is is a huge is a huge help. Well, thank you. That's that really is my goal. It's a, it's a lot for parents. You know, it's so much. And you know what I found myself over the years. Um, at, you know, I've, like I said, I've worked with thousands of families, and you know, having children who learn differently myself. I found that there were a lot of support groups out there but there weren't any groups to teach us like how to make it better for ourselves. You know, the choices were either yeah. pay an advocate, which can get expensive or get an attorney. Um, and, and that's why I said, you know, my goal really isn't to be an advocate for parents. It's to teach parents how to do it themselves. Perfect. All right. Well, before I let you go, um, I know you said it earlier, but where can people find you on social media and online? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Aligned for Learning. And my website is AlignedNumber4Learning.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Carrie. Really Thanks so much for it. having me, Fred. I really enjoyed it. I can't let you guys go without hearing the Spectrum Dad joke of the week. So here's this week's joke. Which bear is the most condescending? A panda... I'll talk to you guys next week. If you'd be so kind, go ahead and leave me a five-star review. You can hit me up on Instagram at the Spectrum Dad Pod if you have any questions or if you want to be a guest on the show. I'd love to have you. Have a good week, and I'll see you guys later.